Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Mario, also known as the Node Defender, is joining us. And ladies and gentlemen, we got Jenna X in the building on this Tuesday, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto adoption. With the SEC anticipating an approval for a Bitcoin spot product in the next 24 hours, we're going to break down the impact this could have on Bitcoin and many other altcoins prices in the short term. We also got a golden cross confirmed on the Bitcoin price chart for the first time since inception. That means the 200-week moving average has officially passed above the 50-week moving average, making this the most bullish indicator any crypto investor could ask for. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we break down the details, showing our community how this next bull run is shaping up to be the greatest opportunity of our era. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. And Johnny Crypto, I just realized I didn't write this in the introduction. The title of today's video is Ripple is Dumping XRP. We're going to explain what's happening here because in December alone, they dumped over 237 million units of XRP. So I think that's worth at least an explanation, even if it's not exactly what people may think. But first of all, how are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here. Oh, don't forget, they bought a shit ton too. But good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day, just like real warriors. It's a beautiful thing. Abs, I'm happy to be here today with my brothers and sisters today. We got Jenna in the house. I'm so excited. And great to see Mario too. How are you guys doing? It is going to be a great episode. And we got the Node Defender joining us. Mario, it's an exciting day to be a crypto investor for a lot of reasons. We're going to talk about XRP, but most importantly, Let's address the Bitcoin news as well. So first of all, how are you feeling this morning, my friend? And thanks for being here. Feeling good, man. Uh, happy to be here. Good morning, everybody. Sending everybody love out there. Hope you're all doing amazing. It's good to be on. Uh, it's good to be back on the show. It's good to see you, Abs. Good to see Johnny and uh, good to hear Jenna. Absolutely. And we got Jenna, a.k.a. She's doing a bearable bull impression this morning, guys. And we love to make that joke when they go incognito. <laughs> Jenna, how are you feeling? We always appreciate when you join the show. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, guys. I am feeling amazing. I'm excited to hop in with um, all of the cool articles that we have this morning. Um, this could be a really crazy week, so I'm just really interested to see what happens, how it plays out. Um, I have no idea what's going to happen, so I opened a short and a long on Bitcoin, so I guess we'll see. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to win. Ooh, um, that's a smart move. I like good, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm schlonging this morning, Johnny. That's the technical term. <laughs> <laughs> they call that planet safe, guys. But we got 370 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and get ready for an exciting episode because we are going to talk about Ripple dumping, but we're also going to talk about how Bitcoin is going to be more bullish than ever over these next 12 months. And we have the evidence to prove it, guys. But let's start this thing off the same way we always do by showing you the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers this morning, we've got Bitcoin up 4% and Solana up 5%. We've also got this token up about 18% on the day. The rest of the market up about 2% across the board. What the hell is EX? It's not even worth saying, right? I love it. He said I got this token. 
we got when we look at our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at 1.7 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 54% dominant. Ethereum is about 16%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 46,800. Ethereum 2258. Solana just below $100, sitting at $99.87. We've also got XRP trading at 56 and Cardano trading at 51 cents this morning. And guys, we already got over 400 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button. And of course, check out the Merlin page, guys. 30 days, absolutely free. But we're going to talk about XRP this morning. But Johnny, let's just tell people why these markets are going to pump over the next 24 hours. Because look at the breaking news we found from this morning. And I want to give a shout out to this kid, Crypto Rover. He's always giving great updates on Twitter. Breaking news. This address just received $2.88 billion worth of Tether, and it was deposited from the Tether Treasury this morning. These funds are going to be entering exchanges today, leading him to believe a big pump is coming. So before we get into the XRP news, we got to address the Bitcoin information. What are your thoughts on, first of all, $2.8 billion in Tether being deposited, but also the SEC ready to approve a spot product? Well, first of all, so it's all lining up, as you can see. All the pieces are moving in place. Whenever we get a pump, the first indicator you want to look at is the USDT Treasury. If you see that some bitch pumping up, creating money, and spinning it out there, that means there's a there's definitely a little bull coming. So, uh, you know, two point eight billion, yeah, that that's a decent chunk of money, and so you should definitely expect that we're going to get a little run here. And everybody was, you know, everybody's now talking about sell the news, sell the news. So the reality is now you have to do the opposite of what everybody's saying. So if people are saying sell the news, the reality is we're probably going to go up, not down. So, you know, you got to do the opposite of what people think. But so that's kind of where I'm at. And, and Johnny, you say the opposite of what people think. I would say do the opposite of what Jim Cramer thinks this morning I'm, because Jim I'm saying Kramer, that, I'm thinking that. Exactly. Jim Cramer said Bitcoin's topping out. And he said, enough is enough. This well, thing. there you go. So there you go. That just adds even more fuel to the fire, right? So everybody says sell the news. Kramer is saying we're at the top. That just tells you we're going higher. You just do the opposite of Kramer. But when you get Kramer plus the whole entire community thinking we're going down, we're definitely going up. We'll probably top out somewhere. I'm sure we'll bust through the 50s. We'll see how high we go. And then eventually what will happen is it's not going to be sustainable. I still think it's going to be a dump before we get the serious bump moving forward for the next bull run. But let's see. We'll see what happens. You know, whether we get it tomorrow, next week, I've always thought it was going to happen sometime between now. I think it'll happen sometime in this quarter. I've been saying it from day one, whether it's January or March, most likely March, because that's when BlackRock is due. And we know BlackRock gets what BlackRock wants. You don't have to believe me. Go look at the record. 99.5%, 99.5% success rate when they apply for an ETF. So, boy, if you all think that this thing ain't coming, you're betting against the wrong odds. Mario, we're going straight to you. Here's Jim Cramer discussing how Bitcoin's topping out. Man, what are we doing with Bitcoin. these? You know, let's stop fooling around. If you want Bitcoin, buy Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin's topping out, by the way. So I'm going to say enough is enough and ka-ching is ka-ching. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the lightning round. I barely understand oh this guy, Oh, my Mario, God. Jenna, floor is yours. No, like, was it last week? He just telling everyone that they needed to buy it, and then it just took a massive dump. We're definitely going higher, folks. We are go we're going to 50000 Mario Flores, yours? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, he's it was it was the perfect indicator. He he said that Bitcoin had room to go, or he said he was basically bullish on 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 buying Bitcoin, and then the price tanked, 
And now we're seeing the opposite. We're topping out. That means we could go higher. I'm personally looking at the 48 to 50,000 uh, before we correct a little bit. But, you know, tomorrow, as, as Johnny stated, we are supposed to get some sort of decision with the ETF and BlackRock, you know, has this great track record. So, you know, if, if, it, if they're saying that it's going to be a sell the news type of event, well, Kramer just told us that it's probably not going to be like that. And here's the reality, Mario, is that whether it's a sell the news event or not, it's a bullish indicator for Bitcoin. It doesn't matter how it performs over the short term. Unless you're a short-term trader, don't focus on short-term timeframes. A spot product being approved in the USA, I believe it's going to be bullish for the next three months. I believe, Johnny, it's going to be bullish for the next 12 months because this is the type of news that we've been waiting for for 13 years when it comes to the crypto market. What happened in 2017? At the peak of the bull run, they announced that a futures product would be launched and we were celebrating more than people are today. Now we're getting a spot product at the end of a bear market and you've got people like Jim Cramer saying we're topping out. So I know we're hammering this topic home, but I just think it's such a big deal. We got to reiterate it before we get into the Ripple news. Just in this morning, a spot Bitcoin ETF applicant, Valerie's co-founder, says that he expects an approval on Wednesday and trading on Thursday, Johnny Crypto. So what's interesting here is that you were anticipating it might take a while. You said sometime during this quarter, you thought it would take to, to get approved. Seems like the process is in full effect. They hit the nitro gas on this vehicle right now. And it looks like an approval is coming in the next 24 hours. So I just want you to close this out here. What are your thoughts? And if there is an approval, like I showed with the 2.8 billion tether, is it going to be a buy the rumor, sell the news? Or are they going to pump this thing in the short term and maybe play things a little bit differently in your opinion? Listen, here's the thing. Anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen is most likely lying to you, okay? Only a certain few powerful people know really what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. For the rest of us, you just got to you gotta kind of read the tea leaves, put your bets in. Like Jenna said, right, she took a long and a short position. We've all been taking certain positions in it. And the reality is I, I, don't, I don't get hung up on, oh, is it coming tomorrow? Is it coming next week? It doesn't matter. It's coming. That's the bottom line. And when it comes, it's going to bring liquidity with it. And that's the part, like, you know, you hear everybody argue, oh, Bitcoin is, you know, the elites are going to take it over. They're going to crush it. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Listen, yes, they're going to have control over a good chunk of it. Okay, it's going to happen. But the reality is the other alternatives, if they didn't do that, the liquidity isn't going to come in and it's a whole different ballgame. So the reality is you're going to get a legitimization to the space. Crypto is going to actually get put on the map. I promise you some of your friends and family over the next year will come to you and say, hey, you know that crypto thing that you were in? Tell me more about it. They're going to want to start knowing about it because they're going to start hearing about it. They're going to start hearing about it on CNN, Fox News, and all these other places. And it's because of that's the legitimization. And to me, that's the value of what, what I, if, if I should say the reason why I get excited is about you know BlackRock and ETF and then that coming through, it's literally for that reason alone, is that we're going to finally stop being called a scam, at least in some aspect, or at least the, the idea of it being a scam will be a lot more legitimized once this thing actually comes. Mario, we got 613 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and a lot of people are joining in this episode because the title is Warning Ripple is Dumping XRP, and that is a fact, guys. We're going to discuss how much that is impacting the true value of XRP because they debated this in the court case, right? This is a big, this is a big player. Excuse me, I got to clear my throat for one second. This is a big player when it comes to the value of XRP. And we saw it in the courtroom in the Ripple versus SEC case, Johnny. What did they debate and what did they show us? Less than 1% of the total volume in selling 
is Ripple dumping on the open market? Now the question becomes, how much of an impact is that? And what are the real numbers? Because in December alone, Ripple dumped 237 million units of XRP into the market. And that has to affect the price in some way, shape, or form. But you brought up something about Bitcoin, and we're going to close it out right here with Mario's take. They're already pumping this on the mainstream news. You said, turn on CNN, turn on Fox. You're going to start seeing Bitcoin. This morning, Bitcoin allows you opportunity. That was on Fox Business. And then this is what we broke down earlier in the show, Mario. For the first time in the history of Bitcoin, we have a golden cross, which is where the 50-week moving average crosses over the 200-week moving average. This is a huge bullish indicator. The name speaks for itself. But why don't you just close us out here with all the news? What's on your mind, Mario? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, the, the narratives for Bitcoin are playing out in a way where we we can expect the price to continue to go up. Even if we have short-term, you know, pullbacks, that's completely normal. If, you know, just looking at that chart that you have pulled up, if we look at the very beginning uh, where before we started going up, where we had the same kind of bullish cross, we can see that we went up and we have a lot of red candles. So we have a lot of down wicks that are pretty aggressive. If you were to measure, they're probably around 20, 30%. So the narrative is here. We've got this ETF. We've got the halving that's coming in a couple months. And then we know what usually comes after a halving. We know that the type of sentiment, the type of price action that leads after a, a halving. Now, as far as XRP, the narrative is is has been great. I mean, XRP was deemed not a security last year. It's pretty much the only token with legal clarity. Um, obviously, Bitcoin having this ETF pretty much speaks for itself. The fact that it's it's not considered a security by the SEC, but um, I think the narrative for XRP could could potentially switch, and we're starting to kind of get these negative. Um, like negative type of news. And I get it. It could be people just getting frustrated with XRP being uh, so stagnant in price and not really giving the returns people hoped for. And people can start to look for these kind of news. Like we're going to be discussing further in the episode about Ripple dumping XRP. The reality is at, at, at any point, they can switch this narrative on everybody. They could just come out with some, you know, uh, surprising news or great news about XRP or Ripple and everything that they're doing. The truth is we're we're hoping and we're banking on Ripple creating these solutions and, and ultimately utilizing XRP. And that's what's going to give XRP utility and therefore give us that price appreciation that we all hope for. But I, I feel like- Mario, wait a minute. We got to pause it there because I think there's a lot of people in the community who would be upset with that statement, right? That's what the whole SEC case was about. Are investors dependent on Ripple to generate profit for XRP? That was a big factor in what the SEC was saying. So I want to give you a chance to respond and kind of explain yourself there. Well, so a majority, like I want to say that a majority of people, when we talk about XRP, we tie it to Ripple. And I get that we we don't want Ripple to be, we don't want XRP to be a security. But at the same time, Ripple's kind of this major player that's uh, that's utilizing the XRPL, right, for to build all these applications and all these use cases. Of course, there are use cases outside of Ripple, but primarily Ripple is the one that's building. Ripple is the one that's got this massive uh, client list and they're they're offering services across the globe that utilize XRP uh, on, on that software. So obviously there are use cases outside, but you know what I meant by what I said is that we are ultimately expecting Ripple or hoping that Ripple continues to bring all these use cases to the XRPL. Not to say that we don't have all these other things that are coming into play or that could come into play and all these different use cases that can be built on the, on the blockchain, but Ripple is kind of the leader. 
And uh, that doesn't make it a security. I mean, it makes it a security, the fact that we're hoping Ripple's efforts provide us profit. But as far as the way they're utilizing the blockchain, um, it really wouldn't make it uh, a security. But I think that the yep. narrative could change. All to say that I think that the narrative change and at any point we could just get this uh, sudden rush of positive news around XRP. And like I said in previous episodes, for me, this is kind of the bull run that's that make or break moment. Um, I'm expecting to see XRP go even to all-time high. And um, and yeah, we'll see after this bull run. If it doesn't move, then that's a whole different ballgame. That would be devastating, but not unseen territory for the XRP community, Johnny. And we already got 707 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And I just want to preface this really quick, Johnny, because you want a good laugh this morning. They were calling me an Ethereum maximalist on Twitter yesterday because I was sharing information. And Johnny's multitasking, so he's not going to laugh. But that is pretty hilarious when you think what? about it. Any, <laughs> anybody who watches this show every day knows I am the furthest thing from not only an Ethereum enthusiast, but from an Ethereum maximalist. And just because I was sharing some negative information on XRP to the XRP community, that doesn't make me not a supporter. I have to provide both sides of the argument. And the dumbest thing I could do would be overly bullish. I talk about this all the time before we move into this content. It's even more, I'm going to use dumb, to be overly bullish than it is to be overly bearish. To say a currency is going to go to zero is just as naive as it is to say something's going to go to $12,000 when it's worth 50 cents. So I think we got to have a realistic approach to the crypto market. And I think that this is a way to analyze it. Look at one side of the argument, provide a rational argument to, to, uh, to the opposing side, and then we come to a conclusion. So like we can't just annex information. We can't just not talk about things because they upset people. And that being said, Johnny, let's get into the content. For no, 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 hold on. Whoa, 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 no, 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 go back. So I think you just said something so important there that it's worth the time to talk about this. So the reality is, Abs, you're preaching to the choir, son. Let me tell you, I totally agree with you that at the end of the day, it's all about being realistic. And people, and that's the difference between us and everybody else. We're going to tell you, how we feel. And sometimes it's going to be positive. Sometimes it's going to be negative about something you love and you ain't going to like it. Abs, how many times you see people in chat say, Johnny's an XRP hater because I'm saying the truth about something, right? It's ridiculous. Of course I'm not an XRP hater. It's one of my biggest bags. It's ridiculous to say that. But what justice are we doing, you, ourselves, or anybody, if we're not always evaluating the latest and newest information that's coming in and reprocessing that and making there's nothing wrong with changing your mind. There's absolutely not when you get new information or you know, if you process something and you realize you always have to look at both sides of the equation. The problem is most people want to get rich in this space, they're listening to all these shows, they're listening to all the influencers, and all they want to hear is hopium. Well, you're not gonna get that here. What you get here is the truth. We're gonna tell you what we think. We're not going to tell you what you want to hear. That's the difference. If you just want Hopium Pump Up, you're better off going to another show. But if you kind of want to get realistic opinions in, in hearing our processes and in our different thoughts as we change our minds, as we learn new information, well, then you're in the right place. And it's not like we're being overly negative, guys. We're just reporting the news. And then a lot of people implement their own emotions on top of it, right? The title of the video is Ripple is Dumping XRP. And let's preface this, right? They are. So let's, there's no debate about this. Ripple, right. is, Ripple is dumping XRP. Now, what's the debate here, guys? The debate is, is that negatively impacting the price of XRP? And that's what the rest of today's video is going to be about, or at least a good portion of it. And we already got 721 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. A special thank you for being here this morning, Johnny Crypto. So here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to go through this Twitter thread from David Schwartz, and we're also going to listen to Cowboy Crypto report the data of how much Ripple has been selling over the last three months. So before we even get into that, David said yesterday, Ripple has two choices. We can continue to hold as much XRP as we do, or we can reduce the amount of XRP that we hold. There really isn't a third option. So Ripple's original plan was to reduce our XRP holdings as quickly as we could. What does that mean to you, Mario? I want to pause that because you've held XRP for the longest in the group, actually. Is this negative? Is this just a business model? What does it mean to you that Ripple's original plan was to reduce the XRP holdings as quickly as they could? And obviously it was coming through distribution. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't, look, I don't think I understand the, the economic side of it, uh, you know, as much as I should in order to give a constructive opinion here. But the, the truth is, like, we need Ripple uh, as the XRP investors. We are heavily, like I was stating before, we are heavily dependent on Ripple continuing to, uh, as far as positive price action, I should say. Um, we would like for Ripple to continue utilizing XRP. Now, we know that they hold as much as they do. And I think what what uh, David Schwartz is basically saying by saying they could either do one thing or another, they don't really have a third option. I think it's good that we know exactly what 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 they're uh, what they could potentially do. But um, just to address something real quick, I think that if Ripple was to discontinue utilizing XRP and the XRPL, I don't think the XRPL would go away. The XRPL would certainly stay. Because there are many use cases, you know, it's it's beyond Ripple, hundred percent. But there would be a significant pullback because a lot of the confidence in the XRPL, in my opinion, would go away, and people would feel a little discouraged, and the XRP would go down. But that's not to say it wouldn't come back. But for the foreseeable future, it would go down. There would be a significant pullback because Ripple is kind of this driving force behind XRP and XRPL. So. I yeah. wouldn't think that it would go away completely. I just think that, you know, it would uh, decrease, um, you know, that confidence. And here's the reality, Mario. Apply that to any blockchain. Can you exactly. Pull, can you pull Absolutely. consensus from Ethereum and have it succeed? Can you pull the HBAR foundation from HBAR and have it succeed? Can you pull VeChain and VeChain's foundation from VeChain and have it? It's impossible. So the even, and I'm adding to your point, I actually agree. Like, I guess you could pull, you could pull seller away because Franklin Templeton took XLM and seller had no clue what was coming. So the reality is when you get it out there and the technology is good enough, it might be able to stand on its own. But I don't disagree with Mario that when you take away the mouthpiece for the technology, which is what Ripple is, it's certainly going to be a huge detriment to, to it the energy behind it, people getting into it, the narratives. Remember, that's all coming from the companies or foundations that are pushing those narratives. So if you if they you're right, if they went away, it would be a bad day, I think for sure for them. It would be a lot harder, right? Again, we see XLM kind of gaining steam without a lot of press behind it, but you know, it's going to be it is going to definitely hurt if that were to happen. But that isn't going to happen because Ripple is counting on it, so they're going to continue to push it. Okay, let's talk about Ripple dumping XRP, guys. And we got 770 live listeners here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let me know your thoughts in the live chat as well, because we have a poll out there, and we're going to address it at the end of the show. Do you believe that Ripple selling is having an impact on XRP's price? Because I want to put a conclusion in this thing, but here's the latest data in December of 2023. I titled this tweet, Ripple is heavily dumping XRP. In December of 2023 alone, Ripple's net sales of XRP reached 237 million units, which was equivalent to 142 million US dollars. 
This was three times the average monthly sales for Ripple in the prior year. And considering Ripple's historical patterns, a significant buyback is anticipated soon. Very important that I put this in here, guys, because a lot of people were saying this was like me reporting bearish news. I believe they sell, they buy it back at a cheaper price. So as we can tell in these price targets, their average sell price was 60 cents. Right now, XRP is 57 cents. Just in that alone, what's 3% of $142 million? Well, it's about $3.2 million in just margins alone. So like, I'm not talking very crazy here. I think these are all just simple games. And if you just do the math, this is a profitable business model for Ripple. Any extended period without net buybacks, typically eight to 10 weeks, would be cause for concern, at least according to Cowboy Crypto. And he's the man who originally reported this data. So shout out to him as well. He always does great stuff. But Johnny, I'm going to read these stats. I'm going to kick it straight to you here. This is the data. So in December, every week, Ripple sold at least 50 million XRP. They were they sold 48 million the first week, 59 million the second, and 60 million the third, 70 million the fourth. So they increased by 10 million XRP every week. But they're selling at an average price of 62 cents. And then that last sell price, they are selling at 56 cents. But the average sell for December was a 60 cent XRP totaling 142 million in US dollars. This is interesting, right? Because this is obviously a part of their business model. Ripple can't own all of the XRP forever. But what I thought was happening here is that it was coming out of the escrow. They're offering it to banks. Whatever of that 1 billion isn't absorbed by banks, which is typically 200 million every month are absorbed and 800 million goes back into the escrow. This is something separate. This is a different part of the model from my understanding. So with that being said, Johnny, I want to give you the open floor. We'll kick it to Jenna and Mario and everybody else. But what does this mean to you as an XRP investor? Let me just report because we're going to go through the other side of the argument and I don't want to be biased here. It is our show. So I'm showing you my side of the argument. This guy, Bill Morgan responded to me and he did an awesome job responding. And I'll even go as far as to say he had a great response that, that probably shuts down my argument for this negatively impacting XRP's price. So I want to be unbiased here. I think Bill Morgan is right. And we're going to go through this Twitter thread as well. But before I did want to get some thoughts from Johnny. So with that being said, floor is yours. So a couple of things come to mind. First of all, we know Ripple has been buying back shares of XRP or coins of XRP. It's no different than when companies go and buy their shares back. They do it all the time. Anybody who's watching this show, if you know anything about stocks, it's called stock buybacks. Companies do it all the time. Okay. They buy their share back. They, they have extra cash on the books and they buy their shares to drive the price up. Okay. So Ripple is no different. They were buying, and Brad even came out and said it. We come out and we buy, you know, we've been buying it up. You could buy it up for multiple reasons. You could buy it up because you want to prop up the price. You could buy it up because you think it's going to go up higher and you want to sell it. They've been buying this thing when it was 20 and 30 cents. So if you're buying it in those ranges, okay, and now you're selling some at 60 cents, you're doubling your money. Maybe they need the cash for other funds. Maybe they want to invest in something. Who knows? We don't know what they want to do as a company. As a company, we know one thing. They want to be profitable. They want to grow their business. So they could, it's, it, it could be one thing they're doing it just to raise capital because they, you know, they bought it 30 and they're selling it 60 and taking 2x the profit. So that's the first thought that comes to mind, right, is maybe they're looking at raising some money to do something with it. Second thought comes to mind is the fact that they're selling at 60 kind of tells you they don't think it's going much higher because if they thought it was going much higher, they would have held on to it and maybe tried to sell it at a much higher price. At this point in time, I'm not saying – they don't think it's going higher in the future, but where we are right around this time, 
something triggered them to say, hey, you know what? But now, you know, the other thing is too, don't forget at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, I don't know all their average buying prices. December usually is a tax harvesting month. Maybe they wanted to take losses on some. Maybe they were buying back at at a dollar, and now they're taking some tax losses. So that's point number two. We don't know that situation as well. We don't know exactly all their average price. And number three, you got to look at what is the amount they've bought over the year versus the amount they sold. It feels to me that this is a very small amount that they've sold compared to the amount that they have been buying. So I don't know, those are kind of the, the, the first three things. You don't, I don't overreact on it too much. It kind of just like it's it's part of doing business. Every business is out there to do to make money and they've got their reasons for it. I don't get too overhyped about them selling a hundred and what was it? A hundred, 237 million. That's nothing compared to the amount they own. It's a very small percentage. So that really doesn't get me that nervous, to be honest with you. Mario, we're going to go through the contrary side of this argument as well, but I want to give you and Jenna a chance to respond. So think about this. This is the buybacks and sales. So we're not talking, oh, we're just showing you the buybacks and they secretly bought $100 million on a different balance sheet we're not showing you. No. Total sales versus buybacks in the month of December was negative 237 million units of XRP. So I just wanted to make that very clear. And with that being said, Mario, what's your response to this new data? Does it change your perspective in any way, having held this currency since 2017? Well, I wasn't very optimistic when I first read into it and as you were as you were doing the um the initial reading but after listening to johnny he kind of painted a different perspective i i think that maybe it isn't that much of a, of a big deal maybe there is a strategic a strategic uh you know reason as to why they they sold that much more xrp than they typically do and it could have very well been for for tax loss harvesting reasons and the one thing that keeps coming to mind is how much ripple shows this kind of commitment to XRP and the community of XRP. I mean, we know that the party that they put together for, for the community, literally for the community, for free, uh, back in September, that tells me that they are committed into uh, continuing to build this XRPL ecosystem uh, or tools around the XRPL ecosystem. And they know that they, they need the community for that. So I think that there's way more reasons for for us to keep stay positive around what ripple's doing around xrp than there are negative but but nonetheless absolutely it is important to address these things it is important to to be aware of them to discuss them and and know what 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 could potentially happen so but but after listening to johnny i think he painted a pretty positive picture i agree with him thank you mario and we got 200 sorry 835 people here. Guys, if you're enjoying this content, show us some love and smash that like button. Jenna, we're going to start off with you, but I wanted to give you some uh, a chance to address this as well. What is your reaction to this news? I know you've been in the XRP community for a very long time, so it's not a surprise to you, but what does it mean to you as an XRP investor? Is this negative? Is this positive? What's your perspective? Well, like you, Abs, like a lot of it, I thought they were selling to institutions, you know, and then what didn't get sold, putting back into escrow. And seeing this, you know, it seems at first kind of bearish, but if we look at it as kind of like an indicator to possible potential price action, you know, where they are buying and selling, you know, I think that's really good for us as holders. But like Johnny said, it's not, you know, really affecting the price too much. But the problem is you have so many other um, large holders and whales out there that are selling, you know, and they're following this as well. So whether we stay suppressed, um, I don't know. But at the same point, it is an opportunity to still keep buying cheap XRP because I firmly believe it's not going to be this cheap forever. 
Mario, it can't be this cheap forever. I, at least I hope so. But let's continue with a more serious argument because this is something that Bill Morgan responded to on Twitter. And he saw my tweet and he criticized me. And that's okay, guys, because I, I gave a hot take and I think it was worth the criticism. So shout out to Bill Morgan here. This guy's a great, I actually follow him. I didn't even know that. So this guy's a great content creator. I followed him way before this tweet. But let's go through what he had to say in response to me talking about the negative impact that Ripple is having on XRP's price. He said, it is a false narrative that Ripple is heavily dumping XRP. The inflation rate to circulating supply from the release and the sale of XRP's escrow is 7.86%. So keep that in mind, 7.86% inflation rate from the escrow, which is high, but it's not sufficient explanation for any significant negative impact on XRP's price action. The evidence in the SEC versus Ripple matter was that Ripple was responsible for less than 1% of the total XRP volume in the market. The SEC argued that argued in the lawsuit that the escrow and buybacks were amongst several measures Ripple historically adopted to boisterous XRP's price. Very interesting choice of words, but he, what he's saying here is that Ripple was actually doing things to benefit the price of XRP. A very different perspective from your ridiculous warning, Ripple is heavily dumping XRP. Ripple is criticized for holding too much XRP and then for selling it, which dilutes its ownership of total supply, which is fixed and deflationary. Well, look at that ridiculous tweet, Johnny. I am open and here for the criticism as well. I take no offense to it, guys, but I just want to give a response. So, Johnny, what is your initial response to Bill Morgan? I think he makes a great argument. I think he shut me down pretty well, but what do you think? Oh, shout out to Bill. I like Bill. He's a good guy. In fact, we've been working, we've been talking to Bill, but uh, different stuff. But anyway, nonetheless, the I reality- have a feeling me and Bill are going to like each other on a Zoom call, but not maybe not through Twitter. <laughs> we'll see. No, Bill's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, and he makes a good point. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you do need to look at the circling supply and, uh, or, and, and obviously the inflation rate. I should say the inflation rate of it, right? Which is close to 8%. So at the end of the day, you know, Abs, I just don't get hung up on these kinds of things because at the end of the day, what I'm looking for is what is going to bring in price appreciation. And the price appreciation, at the end of the day, two things are going to bring in. One, a speculative new narrative. So you need a new narrative that gets everybody excited on speculation. Or two, real-world adoption, which we still are, you know, everybody talks that this year is the year of a utility. No, it'll be the start of utility. It won't be full-blown utility like the world is used to. If you look at, for example, when when we when we moved towards the world of the internet, that took a very long time to get where we are today. None of that it doesn't happen overnight. You don't just literally flip a switch and it's done. There's too many different pieces. The world is a complex place. There's tons of global systems going on everywhere. And it's going to take a long time for real world utility to settle in and to be working everywhere. But to me, those are the things that are going to drive the price up in the long run. I'm not a short-term hodler here, right? I'm, I'm holding XRP for the long term. I know what I hold on to. And so I'm waiting for it to mature, for it to get out there and let Ripple do its thing and push it out in all the different areas. That is the stuff I worry about. So I don't get too hung up on stuff. Can like I play that. a hypothetical for you? Because I just think it'd be beneficial to the live chat. Let's sure, say you but... weren't an XRP investor and you're just looking at the market. First of all, you came in, you found Bitcoin. You're like, oh, Bitcoin, it's a decentralized asset. I'm getting away from the banks, like everybody says, right? But then you hear about XRP and you read a tweet like this and you say, the inflation rate to the circulating supply from the release of the escrow is 7.8%. That's high, but it's not a sufficient explanation. As a regular unbiased investor, I would sit here and say, let me find a token that doesn't have an 8% inflation rate from one organization. And I am an XRP investor. This is never financial advice. It never is. It never will be. 
But I love this currency. I hold it. I've held it for four or five years now. I'm not saying that this is negative in the entire narrative. I'm saying, is this having a negative impact? Is this one nuance, this one caveat having a negative impact on the price? And I think he slightly made a case for myself here because he talked about the inflation rate. And so I don't know. I just want to get a different opinion. I have my own, but what do you think? And then we'll go to Mario. Yeah, I think I think from that perspective, the, the key part that you just mentioned that's the most important is if you're a new crypto investor coming into this space and you're deciding where to put your money, which narratives are going to attract you the most? You know, something like Solana, where you're talking about, you know, the next ETH killer and the next largest market NFT marketplace, or you're going to be, you know, sold on a on a cross border narrative now that's been overplayed for six years. And so that's the question, right? Was what gets you? And when the narrative came out in 2017, it was new. Nobody else was working on it. It was them. It made sense. It was exciting, which is why I'm saying all these cryptocurrencies are this next bull run. The ones that have the most exciting, the ones that have the most, uh, what's the word? The ones that get the, 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 mo- the narratives that give people the most feeling that it's going to rise fast in price. Those are the ones that's going to draw attention from retailers. That's where the the money, that's where the retail money, what we call the dumb money. That's where the dumb money is going to go. The smart money has already placed its bets. The smart money is already in and they're just going to sit back, watch it pump. And then they're going to dump on them. Everybody's celebrating crypto products in the USA, guys, or sorry, Bitcoin products, but we can look at the crypto market overall, and we're not going to spend too much time on this because we covered it in yesterday's episode. But remember this, as of January 4th, 2024, XRP will represent 2.5% of the digital large cap fund for Grayscale. And this is big news for two reasons. Number one, there's only about six currencies in here, and XRP is one of them. 70% of this fund is Bitcoin, 20% is Ethereum. XRP at 2.5% is the fourth largest token in total holdings. The second thing, they removed this. They removed XRP from the digital large cap fund in 2021, right after the lawsuit. So this is a highlighting a shift in sentiment from big companies about the, the currency XRP. They wouldn't take on the risk if it was there. They highlighted that before. Every exchange delisted it. Every financial firm pulled it from their products. Well, here's an example of how times are changing, guys. XRP was added into this fund because they want to profit off of it. That's It's that simple. They're not going to include things in this basket that they don't think will be profitable. And remember this, to add XRP, what did they remove, Johnny? They removed Matic. They Matic. removed Matic. Booted them. Got the boot. Get exactly. out. Yeah. So there's a lot of narratives that we can talk about here. We're not overly negative. We're trying to be positive and unbiased on this show, especially when it comes to XRP. But I wanted to preface that before we go through this next thread with David Schwartz. Look, though, this is a great comment. Yep. <laughs> look at this one. Don't you guys need XRP to thrive for your show to keep going? <laughs> Listen, Ray Love, you are spot on. I would love for XRP to thrive. And that's the reality, guys. We want I, XRP is in the title. We resonate most with this community. XRP, XLM, Cardano, Algorand, Ethereum. Like all of these different communities we resonate more with as opposed to the Bitcoin maximalists. We're altcoin guys. We are altcoin guys, million percent. When we have guests come on our show, they know we're going to talk about altcoins. And so we want XRP to succeed and we want all these other projects to succeed. Unfortunately, Solana is taking the place of XRP right now. So there will be a day when I believe XRP passes Solana once again, but we'll discuss that later on. And Johnny, let's go through this Twitter thread. This is an update from David Schwartz discussing the possibility of burning the escrow, right? So this person responded, I love your content and I've been following you for a long time, but I think it's great that you're honest and sincere in what you publish. 
But we have to agree that Ripple's core business at the moment is actually dumping. They couldn't exist without it. Am I right? Ripple has two choices, said David Schwartz. We can continue to hold as much XRP as we do, or we can reduce the amount of XRP that we hold. There really isn't a third option. So Ripple's original plan was to reduce the XRP holdings as quickly as we could. He then responds, first of all, thank you very much for your reply. Is burning the escrow not an option? This is a billion dollar question right here, guys. Trillion dollar question. David said, I cannot think of any set of events that would lead to that happening. That's even remotely probable. I also don't think it would be any real benefit to the XRPL. So that's pretty interesting, guys. I'm going to leave that statement on the screen for just a minute because I think that pretty much dispels the rumors of Ripple ever burning large portions of XRP. Maybe they'll burn it in transaction costs. Maybe they'll burn small portions of the ledger or, or, or of the escrow. Sorry. But I never think there's going to be a day where David Schwartz says, hey, guys, it's Christmas and we're burning 50 billion XRP today. So congratulations, Johnny Crypto. The value has doubled. Like, it's unrealistic. I think this is a very realistic approach like we've been talking about throughout the whole show. But let's go to Jenna and then let's start with uh, Johnny Crypto. Jenna, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I mean, while it's definitely not realistic because we see that that is how Ripple makes some of their money. It's obvious. It's right in front of our faces. But to say you don't think it would have any real benefits, let's be real. Token burns make the price go up. So, yeah, if you burned it, the price would definitely go up. But at the same point in time, um, not to say that it's impossible, but of course it would have to be voted on and there is really no real reason for it right now. So, yeah, I don't think it would happen, but I do definitely think it would make price go up. <laughs> I definitely think it would. And Johnny Crypto, I don't think you can even debate that. Am I right? Floor is yours. No, you can't debate it. The reality is, this is the difference between looking at something from an investor's perspective or from a company's perspective. So the kid who asked the question, you know, is thinking about it from an investor perspective. He just wants his price to go up and he doesn't care the detriment it has to the company to ask such a stupid question to actually want to see the company burn 50% of the escrow. Think about it. They designed the system to have a hundred billion coins because of the amount of trade volume capital that it would have to support if the technology is adopted to work in the real world, why would you then go and say, oh, we designed it to be 100 billion, but we're just going to cut off 50 billion and throw it out? Well, that changes then the way, you know, the, the, the liquidity that you want this thing to be able to be capable of gets severely impacted and, and limits the ability of, of, of how big it can get to service the entire market. So that would be the stupidest thing they could do is to go and burn half of it. From an investor perspective, don't get me wrong. Oh, it's great. Hey, we're happy. Yeah, hey, burn after the price goes up. It's going to go up once, and it's going to dump and come down. You're going to lose the benefit of that, and now it has less than half the capability to be able to service the price to drive it up in the long term when real-world utility comes. It's the most short-sighted and stupidest thing that could ever happen, and that's why the smart man told you. He said, I don't – you can actually go read his quote again. Joel Katz literally came out and said – I don't see that being probable. Exactly. Because you don't design a system and then chop. It's like, hey, here, I'm just going to give you abs. We're going to give you two arms, two legs, and we're going to chop half your body off because you don't need it. It's just silly. It's just silly. I take an attitude of gratitude and say, I'm still thriving over I here. I mean, just look at the reason. This is beautiful. It's I can't think of any set of events, he says, that would lead to that. Exactly. Because there is none. It makes zero sense. If you're trying to design a technology to do something to service the world and then cut half of it away, that's just that's just zero. Zero. Throw that question. Next. Yeah. Absolutely. And Mario, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to it because I think that there's a lot of people who thought this might be a possibility, right? So what's your response? 
Yeah, I think that, yeah, you're right. You're right, Abs, absolutely. Um, I, I think, look, we, we have to kind of wait and see how that, how this all plays out. I, I think, like I said before, I'm going to stay confident that there's more positives around Ripple and XRP and what they're doing with XRP than there are negatives for the time being. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to the decision that they made to uh, you know, sell more XRP during the last month. And yeah, let, let's see how this goes. Uh, I believe we have to just give it time for, for things to play out and see what happens. But nonetheless, I, I think that XRP has this clarity, them being uh, with XRP being added back into Grayscale's fund. I think that's extremely positive. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see a lot of these uh, types of news to, to start to come out because these types of things are the, like institutions are going to be comfortable now working with Ripple and XRP because XRP has got the clarity and, and Ripple has this, this clarity as soon as that lawsuit finally comes to a close. So I think there's a lot of good stuff happening this year. Can't wait for it, for it to all play out. So we can see, uh, so we can see if XRP goes to the moon like we all wanted to. Johnny, one quick comment here. This morning, I got a good laugh out of this story because Cointelegraph or Coindesk, one of those news agencies, published an article. And here it is. I'm going to show our listeners right here. They published this article. Grayscale announces a 1.5 fee for its proposed Bitcoin ETF update. They reduced it from 2% to be appealing to investors. I found that so funny because look at the other rates, the way that they, did they pay Coindesk to write that article? I got to know there's got to be some connections because the other rates guys are less than a half a percent. Typically it's about 0.4% and their marketing grayscale is saying, Oh, they upped the game here going from 2% to 1.5. Ridiculous. Yeah. Johnny crypto quick comments. This is what happens when you have control of the pen abs. You can do whatever you want. You can write any narrative you want, but certainly that's a silly narrative. When you look at that chart, Grayscale is going to have to lower their fees or they're obviously going to lose a shit ton of business to all those other ETFs on the side. There. But Abs, I do want to call a shout out to our man, Mickey B. Fresh. He actually agrees. That's a stupid idea to burn the escrow to. And I'm happy to tell you guys that Mickey B. Fresh will be on the Good Morning Crypto Show, guys. We will have him on next month. So uh, stay tuned. Make sure you hang around. Uh, to check him out. And like you said, guys, he agrees. I, I, I was going to ask Johnny, is there such thing as a stupid question? Well, Mickey B. Fresh and Johnny both agree. Burning the escrow may fall into that category. But we got 231 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And thank you for being here on this Monday. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We've been talking a lot about Bitcoin and a lot about Ethereum. But there's another narrative that I think people would be very interested in, which is that Gary Gensler is warning crypto investors to be cautious. And if there's anybody who's looking out for the crypto community, it is Gary Gensler with his big heart and open arms, guys. So let's hear what Gary Gensler has to say when talking to us. Gary Gensler put out this tweet yesterday. If you're considering an investment involving crypto assets, be cautious. Crypto asset securities, my goodness, crypto asset securities may be marketed as new opportunities, but there are serious risks involved. Now, let me, oh, I guess I uh, didn't click on the correct one. So I'm going to pull up the actual Twitter thread that he pulled out yesterday. So this is the thread, 27 million views. People care what Gary has to say. And I think that's what gets him excited to be so nefarious about crypto. But here's, let's see what he has to say in these three tweets. I'm going to kick it to Johnny and Mario. He said, those offering crypto asset investments slash services may not be complying with the applicable law, including the federal securities laws. Investors in crypto asset securities should understand they may be deprived of key information and other important projections in connection with their investment. Pr investments in crypto assets also can be exponentially risky and are often volatile. A number of major platforms in crypto assets have become insolvent 
and or lost value, investments in crypto assets continue to be subject to significant risk. The third and final tweet here, fraudsters continue to exploit the rising popularity of crypto assets to lure retail investors into scams. These investments continue to be the replit with, I'm not sure how to pronounce this word. Uh, those investments continue to be ripe, I'm going to say, with fraud, bogus coin offerings, Ponzi, and pyramid schemes. Outright theft, where a project promoter disappears with investors' money. Well, let me just say one thing to Mr. Gary Gensler himself. Where were you during the FTX collapse, guys? Where was he? What was he doing? And do you even care what he has to say in this Twitter thread? Let us know in the live chat because I'm interested. But Johnny Flores, yours. Yeah, the hypocrisy is off the charts. I mean, <laughs> we know where he was. I think I think Sam was in his office. I think they actually met in Gensler's office. So that's where they were. You know, it's again, it's like what I say all the time. It's not what you know, Abs. It's who you know. And, and the fraudsters, the fraud is running rampant everywhere. The SEC has failed to protect investors like it said it was supposed to. And yes, somebody said in the comment, <laughs> that sounds like FTX. That's exactly right. Whoops. That's exactly right. That's what exactly what happened. I mean, listen, there isn't, it's not like to some degree he's not wrong. A lot of these coins that got out there, they were fake scams pumped up. Go watch the movie. If any of you haven't watched BitCon, go watch BitCon on uh, the Netflix. And you kind of see like how this whole, whole crypto thing started out as a complete scam, you know, and they were worried about the SEC, right? They were scared of, of the SEC. And when the SEC came down on them, it kind of, you know, that's kind of what, what shut them down. But the reality is, so, so I'm not saying that, Gary's not right in the sense where some of these things are, you know, bad fraud or or should be registered and it could, you know, clean out some of the mess. I'm not saying that there isn't some truth to that because I think there is. But the reality is um, he just has failed miserably at being able to clean up the space and going and getting regular, you know, getting real. And Congress has also failed in providing regulation to help clean the space up. So the, there's plenty of blame to go around for everybody, Abs. Johnny, what's interesting is a lot of people in the live chat believe that Gary is going to deny the ETF tomorrow. And I find that to be very interesting because there's a lot of, I guess, even confirmed sources. I'm not sure how you phrase that, but people like Ellie Tourette from Fox who are saying this is a done deal. Jay Clayton, it's a done deal. And I'm not saying these are the most. Uh, oh, I Abs, Abs, you ahead. didn't know that our chat has connections. Our <laughs> chat has connections. I'm learning that. Yeah, our chat has connections. Beyond what the elites do. So here's the good news. In a day or two or by the end of this week, we're going to know if our chat is more connected than BlackRock and Ellie Tourette. I don't know. Listen, I'm going to kind of lead towards uh, the big boys at the end of the day. Listen, I don't know if we're getting it tomorrow, Abs, okay? There could be some games being played. They may, the SEC may deny it, you know, because the whole world thinks it's coming up. It's going to drop the price. The, the, the elites probably already have a short on it. Who knows? Whatever happens is going to happen. The reality is I would be stunned if we don't get a Bitcoin ETF sometime in 2024. And I think it'll happen sometime in this quarter to coincide with the halving. So that's all I'm going on record saying is I think we will get it. Whether it's tomorrow or not, that won't that will not surprise me if we get denied tomorrow. If we get denied and we're at the end of 2024 and we haven't gotten it, I'll be the first one to say, God damn, I did not see that coming. They really pulled the wool over us. And they really, really manipulated it to the extent to go as far as, you know, all these agencies already have the ticker symbols listed on the agent. You know, they're, they're all ready to go. The money set aside. It just feels like we're so close 
And why would they bring the manipulation to that level to drive the price from 40 to 50? That don't make sense to me. So there's something bigger at play here. Absolutely, guys. And we're going to close this out with a video from Quincy, just reminding everybody what makes the XRPL so special. A lot of, these other, a lot of the other things, are, there's a lot of overlap. And don't get me wrong. There's some things where it's not proof of stake or proof of work. But that's not what makes it special. That's what makes it maybe unique, not what's special. The two things that make it special is, one, the entire network is a debt. What does that mean? It means anybody from their individual wallet can list an asset for sale into the debt. You don't have to go to a debt. You don't have to go to third. The entire network is a debt. In that debt is a liquidity routing algorithm that allows you to maximize liquidity between any asset that you, or maximize the, max, it, it automatically routes, um, it automatically routes the asset to maximize liquidity. So the whole premise of this is no liquidity pool. There's an algorithm that keeps you, so any, any other exchange, any other DEX, any other everything has liquidity pools. XRP does not. It has an algorithm that maximizes liquidity by being able to route um, they being able to route and um, liquidate the asset based on what's available on the network. So Johnny, I just thought that would be such a good way to end this video. But Mario, give me some thoughts because we didn't get your reaction. What's your thoughts on Quincy's explanation for why the XRPL is special? Yeah, he, he you can tell that he really understands the the back ends of XRP and the XRPL and that gets him pumped up and the way he explains it has this passion, which I really like. But look, there's no doubt XRPL has been this revolutionary and uh and and you know like number one blockchain in terms of technology for for a pretty long time like once when, when it came out when i discovered in 2017 i had transacted by the time i discovered i had transacted in, in in ethereum and bitcoin and when i did my first xrp transaction and it took like seconds i was like oh my goodness this thing is phenomenal so obviously there are other blockchains out there that have you know caught up and and they're up to speed as far as technology but i i still think that the xrpl serves a specific niche and 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 has its place in that niche and uh, for that reason i i believe the xrp hell has tremendous potential and there's a lot of good things that that are going to come especially because of the involvement that ripple has and all this these developments so i'm bullish on xrp like when i say what i say i have it's my biggest holding too so you know i'm banking on i am banking on it myself and i am uh confident that xrp is going to be this uh this great, uh, you know, asset that's going to give us the returns that we're hoping for. But yeah, I'm excited this year, nonetheless. Got to be nicer to Mario on the live chat because he started off the show One Direction. He has backtracked multiple times. So show Mario some love in the live chat. He needs it from the XRP community. And Johnny, we got 717 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Now, here's something interesting. We've never seen this on Good Morning Crypto before. We have 527 votes on our live chat poll. It is exactly 50% right now. So I'm going to give our listeners about 90 seconds while Johnny talks about an exit plan here because we need one when it comes to Bitcoin, when it comes to Ripple, whatever you're applying your exit plan to, vote in the live chat. I want to know. We can't end it 50-50. So with that being said, Johnny, what's on your mind, my friend? Oh, Abs, I think at the end of the day, we just have to make sure people understand where they can get an exit plan. This next bull run is going to be, there you go. Mario knows where to get one. And as you can tell everybody else where to get one. I know we beat the drum on this, but throughout this, guys, we're trying to help as many people as possible, getting the tool in their hand, forcing you guys to think of, there it is right there. For Oh, and, that, and look at that. You can even see what your taxes are going to be, Abs. I don't uh, like this, the snarky attitude, but yes, you can. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, that was a good attitude. I was I'm just teasing you. Uh, you know, the point is, guys, you, with Merlin, you get to see all your coins in one place. But more importantly, this right here, you get to create an exit plan. And it's so cool, Abs, as we've been pumping this past month. My phone's been going off, giving me some alerts, you know, and I've taken some profits. Small profits, very small, 5%. I'm not selling a big chunk because I'm saving a lot of it for later. But I know I've always felt we were going to get a pull down in, up until the March time frame. And so I'm happy to sell right now. Because I think we're going down into March. And then after the halving, we're going to go up. And that's where I'm going to take these profits that I've sold and reapply them. But, you know, it's so important that you guys just get your mindset around being able to pull the trigger. Being able to sell when you need to sell. And it's hard to do. But with Merlin, you get the alert. It tells you. And now it's like, okay, now, now the, the ball's in your court. But at least you've, you've thought about it. You've created a plan. And you put yourself in a position to get out of the market and take some profits before the, the market takes your profits and makes you the exit liquidity. And that's why I'm excited about being able to say we've invented something that can help people. And Abs, you know what's great? People are writing back to us all the time telling us, oh my God, Johnny, thanks for creating this. It's so helpful to be able to, you know, be able to save anything in one place and more importantly, know when to get out. And you know what the best part is, Abs? We don't custody your crypto. We don't custody your coins. We own nothing. And you get a free 30-day trial to try it out. So yeah. I hope everybody will give it a shot and uh, put themselves in a chance in a position to win spot on Johnny crypto. And I just want to reiterate this. What I like about Merlin is that I just know exactly what I'm going to make, what I'm going to owe in taxes. I don't have to think about it. It's in there. I know what it is. If I don't have it on the forefront of my mind, that's okay. I know it's written down. And I always tell people the same thing. If you don't want to download Merlin, that's okay. We're talking about an exit plan. So you need to take the first step, which is to create a goal for yourself. Right. Create a number that you're working towards, whatever it is. It can be realistic, can be unrealistic. Create a number, create a goal. And from that point, you're going to look at yourself and say, well, now I need a plan. And I think that's where Merlin comes in, guys. So create a goal. The plan will come right after that. Because if you want to make 100 grand, it's not going to fall from thin air. You're going <laughs> to need a plan. And if it does fall from thin air, congratulations, my friend. You are blessed. Get the hell out of Dodd. Take <laughs> more, more important than the plan is to stick to the plan. Yeah. And, you know, I should stick say this, Abs. I should say this for everybody who is listening. I'm sorry, guys. We are only available in U.S. and Canada. So if you're in the U.K., you're in Australia, we hear you. We've had so many Australians in the U.K. reach out to us. We are working on eventually getting out globally. We're just not ready yet. Uh, but for U.K. and Canada, uh, for U.S. and Canada, you're lucky. You get a free 30-day trial. You can try it. So click on the link below. Come try out, Merlin. Put yourself in a position to win. Thank you so much, guys. And sorry, I was stuck on that other live chat poll because I was pulling up the information and look at the data because this thing really speaks for itself. We got 51 to 49% here, guys. And it appears that, yes, the community thinks it's having a slight negative impact. We got a big community. 564 people voted on this poll and it's 50-50. So that tells me this debate is worth having. And I want to give a shout out to the man, Bill Morgan. I'd love to have him on the show. I'd love for him to come on here and tell me why I'm wrong because I think he's right. And I love the idea of meeting people who can teach me things. So with that being said, guys, we got 675 live listeners across all platforms joining us right now. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And tomorrow, we're going to have a very special guest joining the show. We got Cypress X joining the program. He's going to have a phenomenal episode prepared. So get ready, guys. Tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Join me. Join Johnny. We're going to be live on Twitter Spaces. Join Mario, a.k.a. the Node Defender as well. We love you guys. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get the shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go.